Tom Swarbrick on LBC. 10 to 6, Friday evening. Tom Swarbrick on LBC means one thing. He is the stick of cinnamon in your mulled wine, the tinsel in your tree, the sense of dread at the massive expense involved in feeding the family on Christmas Day. It is just tradition at this time to have Simon Marks, American Week. Tom, this was the week when Joe Biden made it official and dashed the lingering hopes of many younger Democrats who wondered whether he might just might drop out of America's presidential race. After telling supporters at a private fundraising event that if Donald Trump wasn't in the race, he might not be either, reporters then hoped the president might repeat it for the microphones when he landed back at the White House. I expect so, but look, he is running, and I just—I have to run. No, not now. You could hear in that answer that Biden believes he is indispensable in the battle to save America from Trump, which is a pretty remarkable decision to reach in the week when his own approval ratings fell to a record low of 37%. But his determination to vanquish Trump fueled his decision to seek the presidency in 2020, when a host of younger Democrats were hoping for a chance to run. Now it is the kryptonite that keeps him in the race. Because if Biden wants to go down in history as the man who stopped Trump in his tracks, he can now be certain that he needs to go through another election cycle because he didn't get the job done first time around. Do you think in 11 months he will be their candidate? I personally don't think he makes it. Okay, I haven't said that. I'm saving it for this big town hall. I've never really, I personally don't think he makes it. The man who remains 50 points clear of his rivals in what we laughably still call the race for the Republican Party's presidential nomination appeared at a Fox News town hall event in the battleground state of Iowa on Tuesday. It took presenter Sean Hannity two separate bites of the apple to get Trump to answer the question that is now dominating U.S. presidential politics. To be clear, do you in any way have any plans whatsoever if re-elected president to abuse power, to break the law, to use the government to go after people? You mean like they're using right now. So, in the history of our country, what's happened to us, again, has never happened before. So that was the first attempt, and it didn't elicit a clear answer, which is remarkable given the nature of the question. So Hannity, a close friend of Trump's, trying to help him in this interview, gave it another go. I want to go back to this one issue, though, because the media has been focused on this and attacking you under no circumstances. You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Except Look, what? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill. That's drill, not a that's, drill. That's not, oh, no. that's not retribution. I got I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, he keeps, <laughs> we love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, no, no other than day one. So let's spin back to understand how we got here. Several months ago, Trump started using a new phrase on the campaign trail. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. Not going to let this happen. 
That use of the word retribution has become ubiquitous in Trump's speeches, and over the last few weeks, his appearances have become increasingly inflammatory. The real threat is not from the radical right. The real threat is from the radical left. And it's growing every day, every single day. Donald Trump in New Hampshire last month, a speech in which he parroted Hitler's description of his opponents as vermin. We pledge to you that we will root out the communists, Marxists, fascists, and the radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country that lie and steal and cheat on elections and will do anything possible. They'll do anything, whether legally or illegally, to destroy America and to destroy the American dream. Now, you might be tempted to say he's just saying that for effect. He doesn't really mean it. But behind the throne, Trump's inner circle is actively making plans to roll back democracy in the United States. And they're open about it. Listen to Kash Patel. He served as chief of staff at the Pentagon during the first Trump administration and is widely tipped to become the next head of the CIA if Trump returns to the Oval Office. The one thing we learned in the Trump administration the first go around is we got to put in all america patriots top to bottom and we got them for law enforcement we got them for intel collection we got them for offensive operations we got them for dod cia everywhere we will go out and find the conspirators not just in government but in the media yes we're going to come after the people in the media who lied about american citizens who helped joe biden rig presidential elections we're going to come after you whether it's criminally or civilly we'll figure that out but yeah we're putting you all on notice now to do all of that they are planning to to strip the Department of Justice of its traditional independence. There's nothing in the Constitution to stop that from happening. They intend to round up and deport millions of immigrants, some of whom would be transported to Guantanamo Bay. They plan, as you heard, to fire thousands and thousands of non-political civil servants and replace them only with Trump loyalists. And they will seek no compromise with anyone in any position who fails to embrace Trump's far-right agenda. Mark Esper was Trump's defence secretary last time around. This week, he told MSNBC what he fears is coming. You know, eventually it culminated, but the, the long break, simmering break between he and myself in June of 2020 when he wanted to deploy active duty troops on the street of Washington, D.C., and, and suggested actually that we, we shoot American um, uh, Americans in the street. So, I mean, that's kind of more what you see. It's very hyper-aggressive behavior. It certainly is, and the polls suggest that it is coming soon to a screen near you. There were many other developments here this week. Gridlock over more funding for Ukraine, despite efforts by Lord Cameron to persuade Republicans on Capitol Hill to understand the stakes in Kiev. Hunter Biden was indicted last night on fresh criminal charges, this time relating to alleged tax fraud. That will only fuel Republican efforts to impeach his father, the president, over entirely unproven claims of corruption. And Donald Trump's Republican rivals for the party's presidential nomination held another TV debate, but I can't see any point in wasting your time with it. Instead, let's talk about a man who actually transformed American TV. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that neighborhood parade. Guys like us, we had it made. 
the opening moments every week of All in the Family, the situation comedy that in the 1970s redefined the genre in America. It was based entirely on Till Death Us Do Part. Alf Garnett in Britain became Archie Bunker in America, all thanks to Norman Lear, who died this week at the age of 101. I read about a British show called Till Death Us Do uh, part mm-hmm. about a father and son not unlike Archie and Mike and I said my god that's me and my dad I've got to write about this I think what's dangerous is 24 hours a day 335 channels or whatever the hell there is uh, too much is too much if there was a sense of a better sense of responsibility in the uh, various uh, leadership positions in our country things would be not as grotesquely overdone as they are now. Norman Lear won an Emmy at the age of 97, his fifth, and he knew only too well, Tom, the dangers that lie ahead for the country he did so much to entertain. From Washington, D.C., Simon Marks, American Week.